As uh, Pete mentioned, my name's Don Weber. I'm a member of the volunteer preaching team here at River Heights. And uh, along with my wife, Cindy, we've been coming to this church now for 20 years, uh, this coming January, which is actually the longest time that I have belonged to anything in my life, with the exception of my marriage to my lovely, lovely bride, Cindy, which will be 25 years next week. I know, right? Um, we actually dated for seven years before we got married, so we've been together for 32 years. So, yes, wow. Those of you who know us are probably thinking something like, oh, that poor girl, you know? Um, but I'm relatively certain she's happy. She tells me she is, and I'm proud to say that after 32 years, I can still make Cindy laugh, which is pretty important, right? Um, now, admittedly, when we were dating in the early years of our marriage, she would laugh at my jokes. You know, she would laugh with me. Today, she mostly just laughs at me, which, uh, fine with me, I'll take what I can get. Um, now, many of you who have heard me preach or maybe have been with me in a, in a life group know how important humor is to me. I love to laugh. I love to make people laugh. I find it fun and healing and wonderful. And I had planned and tried to come up with a joke to start this message off, to introduce my topic. That's one of my favorite ways to introduce a topic. But uh, as many of you may know, this September has been a particularly hard month for many people in this community. With all the urgent prayer requests and very sad news we gotten, it just didn't seem like a, you know, a guy walks into a bar kind of time for our community. And if you're on our church Google group, you probably have noticed the recent uptick in very serious prayer requests. And if you're not on the Google group, I recommend you give it a try. Uh, you can find out how to join in your program today. We have seen the Holy Spirit work in us and through us to heal, to set people free, to comfort us in pain and loss, much of that through the Google group. And so we would really love to have you experience that with us. Because our community really needs prayer right now. Some of us here today or watching at home are struggling with the recent loss of someone we love. We have members and family members fighting for their lives in hospitals right now as we speak. As well as many others having a really tough time right now. Many of you right here, right? That's why we offer prayer at the end of all of our services, and I encourage everybody here to take advantage of that today after our service. We'll have people up here in the front which will, who will be happy to pray for you for any need that you might have, because we know that people in our community are really struggling. It's not just our community, is it? For the past two years, the world has lost nearly five million people to COVID-19, 700,000 in this country alone. And I could go on and on all morning talking about political and racial unrest, the global refugee crisis, hunger, war, sexual exploitation, and on and on. Doesn't it seem like the whole world is in this very dark and difficult time right now? But there is good news. There is good news in the midst of all this. Even though you might be asking yourself, where is God? 
And why doesn't God do something? And you know, it's okay if you're feeling that way, if you're asking those kind of questions. This is the kind of place where we can ask the difficult, hard questions and admit that this is tough. Walking out the life of faith is not easy. And the world is a difficult place and it's hard to understand exactly where God is often in times like this. But that good news that I mentioned is that there is an answer to the question, why doesn't God do something? And the answer is that he has. He has sent his son Jesus, he has sent his Holy Spirit, and he has sent us. He sent us. What the Apostle Peter called a chosen people, a holy nation, God's very own possession. Before I continue, I'd like to pray. Holy Spirit, come. We know you, we are your people. As much as we may struggle and as broken as we may be, you've chosen us and we offer ourselves up to you this morning. Have your way here today. May you be glorified and honored in everything we do and say. Amen. Now, when you heard me say that God sent us into the world, you might have thought, whoa there, doggy. Seriously, us? There has got to be a plan B. Well, there isn't. There isn't a plan B, but that's actually good news. It's good news for the world that we have been called to change, and it is good news for each one of us because being called by God for this task at this time means that we all can experience and share God's abundant love and kindness, his presence and power because he has sent his Holy Spirit to live inside each one of us, drawing us into an intimate relationship with the source of love itself, God the Father, and with each other. And this love that we have for each other that has held so many of us up through unbearable pain and held us together through a whole variety of challenges, that is only a drop in the bucket of the love the Holy Spirit wants to pour out on us and through us as we work toward our purpose of helping a growing number of people love God, love others, and change this world a world desperately, desperately in need of change. We're in our third week of our sermon series we've called Come Holy Spirit. And Come Holy Spirit is a prayer that's been important for this community and important for the vineyard movement as a whole since its start in the 60s. Now Pete Benedict kicked off our message with an asking the question, who is the Holy Spirit? And then last week, Jeff Connor continued talking about what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. Today, I'm going to talk to you about how you can experience the Holy Spirit, particularly through the practices of prayer and fasting. So prayer, that's a common word for us, right? We often know what that means. It's simply to set aside time to talk with and listen to God. But fasting, not as common in our day, not as common in our country, right? Biblical fasting always refers to going without food for a particular period of time. But there are other ways that we can fast 
that can be equally as meaningful. And I'll explain a little more detail about that at the end of my message. And these are just two of the many ways the Spirit can work in our lives. Because God wants us, all of us, to know His Holy Spirit and to experience Him. Jesus told His followers this in the first chapter of the book of Acts, and it is, it is as true for us today as it was for them back then. He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So anybody here ever been shocked by electricity? Right? You get shocked by electricity, you know it. It's not a, hmm, gee, I wonder what that was. You stick your finger in a light bulb and you're like, oh yeah, that's electricity. And you know it immediately because you are receiving power. And it's like that with the Holy Spirit. His followers, as Jesus promised, were filled with the Spirit. And they fell deeply in love with him, growing closer and closer to him and to each other. And they told everyone about him. And as they did, the Spirit confirmed their message through miracles and healings everywhere they went. And Jesus wants to do that here among us too. Anyone want to be a part of that? Lots of heads nodding, right? We do. That's what we long for here, which is why we're having the Holy Spirit Conference here October 7th, 8th, and 9th. And as we've been prayerfully preparing for that conference, we felt prompted by the Holy Spirit to dedicate four days to pray and fast together as a community starting one week from today, Sunday the 3rd of October through Wednesday the 6th. So you might be asking, what do prayer and fasting have to do with experiencing the Holy Spirit? So I'm going to give you a little made-up illustration that might help you answer that question. So you're probably aware that Minnesota has been under drought conditions all year, right? Some places in very, very severe drought. Wisconsin has had drought too, but there are parts of Wisconsin that have had sufficient rainfall this year, and so they're, they're in pretty good shape. Now imagine you're a Minnesota farmer. Okay, your crops are really dry. They're starting to fail. You're worried. But you were smart. You had a hunch there'd be a drought. So instead of planting your, planting your corn out in the open fields, you put all your corn in greenhouses. All your crops are in greenhouses. And you were really, really smart. You put your greenhouses on wheels. So now all you got to do is back up your big old farm truck, hook up your greenhouses, and drive them over to Wisconsin. Open the windows and let it rain. Let it rain. It can be like that with God's Spirit, too. But it's not a place, because the Spirit can work anywhere. But it's more practices, habits that we develop over a lifetime that the people of the Bible and followers of Jesus for centuries have made a part of their lives. And in doing so, many have seen the Spirit's love and power move in them and through them. 
Friends, the Bible is filled with stories of how the Holy Spirit moved on behalf of God's people when they came together and fasted and prayed. Now, they didn't all experience the Holy Spirit the same way. We don't either, do we? Sometimes he feels very close. Sometimes he feels far away or not there at all. And they didn't always get the thing that they prayed for. They didn't get what they asked for. Things didn't turn out the way they'd hoped, just like it is with all of us, right? Often we pray and we get nothing or we don't get what we ask for. But they found God to be faithful and good even in the difficult times, just like many of us have. Many of us have as well, right? Have you found God to be faithful even in the difficult times, even in the struggle to be there alongside you, loving you, caring for you? That's his Holy Spirit. This morning I want to tell you the story of one man in the Old Testament who practiced prayer and fasting continually throughout his life and of the impact it had on him and on the people around him. His name was Daniel. And he lived around 600 B.C. And when he was about 13 years old, the Babylonian Empire invaded his country of Judah, which is modern-day Israel, and they crushed his country and wiped it out nearly completely. And the, Babylon the Babylonians, say that 10 times real fast, the Babylonians took most of the population prisoner back to Babylon about 800 miles away. Now, Daniel was a member of the nobility, so he was well-educated, and because he showed incredible integrity and wisdom, and by the power of the Holy Spirit had interpreted dreams and visions, he rose to become one of the king's most trusted advisors. Well, that caused a lot of jealousy. So his political rivals came up with a plot to kill him. They convinced the king to pass a law that for 30 days, everybody in his kingdom had to pray to the king and the king alone. And if they didn't, the penalty would be that they would be thrown into a den filled with lions. And bad things would happen to them. For example, being eaten by a lion. Bad thing, right? Okay? So the king, not being the brightest bulb on the tree, didn't think it through and he agreed. He signed the law. And we read here in Daniel what happened next. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day just as he had always done, giving thanks to God, to his God. Then the officials went together to Daniel's house and found him praying and asking for God's help. See, Daniel's rivals knew that he believed in the power of prayer and that he wouldn't stop even if it cost him his life. And so they went to the king and told the king, and in those days, not even the king could change or violate the law, so he had no choice but to have Daniel thrown to the lions. But as he did, he said to Daniel, may your God, whom you serve so faithfully, rescue you. And then this king, who didn't even worship Daniel's God, went home and he fasted. Interesting, right? Continuing our story in chapter 6. Very early the next morning, the king got up and hurried out to the lion's den. 
When he got there, he called out in anguish, Daniel, servants of the most, servants of the living God, was your God whom you serve so faithful, faithfully able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, long live the king. May my God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouth so that they would not hurt me, for I have been found innocent in his sight, and I have not wronged you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and ordered that, the the, that Daniel be lifted from the den. Not a scratch was found on him, for he had trusted his God. Now, this particular story only mentions praying, but throughout Daniel's life, we find him fasting and praying over and over, showing just how important both of these were to him. So important that he would rather die a horrible death than give them up. Why? Why would he do that? Well, I think we find that answer when we look at Daniel's prayers, most of which are for God's people. They are filled with expressions of love for God and for his people as Daniel is moved by the Holy Spirit to pray what is on God's heart. People, you and me. Here's one prayer from chapter 9 where Daniel is praying for the Jewish people to be restored to their homeland so that they can fulfill their purpose to bring the good news to the world. I turned to the Lord and pleaded with him in prayer and fasting. O oh Lord, you are a great and awesome God. You always fulfill your covenant and keep your promises of unfailing love to those who love you and obey your commands. O oh Lord, hear. O oh Lord, forgive. O oh Lord, listen and act. Then Daniel adds this. I went on praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people, pleading with the Lord my God. Daniel was a man who deeply loved God and loved God's people. So he risked his life praying and fasting throughout his entire life. And because of that love and dedication, he experienced the Holy Spirit over and over again and saw him move in power in the lives of his friends in the lives of the kings he served, and in the lives of God's people. Daniel fasts and prays. He goes where it's raining, and he gets soaked. He gets absolutely soaked by the Holy Spirit. Got my own Daniel story I'd like to share with you this morning. Several years ago, I was driving a pickup truck towing a trailer filled with about 10,000 pounds of scrap steel, big gnarly razor sharp chunks of metal. I was right here on Highway 52 and I was taking the ramp down to 494 heading towards the river to cross the river for a scrap yard over there. And as I took the ramp, the trailer began to sway back and forth. Now if you know anything about towing trailers, that's an extremely dangerous situation. Not too bad if you're towing grandma's couch, but if you're towing five tons of scrap steel, you're in real trouble. And you can't hit the brakes. So instead, I took my foot off the gas, hoping that I would gradually slow down and come to a stop. But because the load was so heavy and I was heading downhill, I didn't. I actually sped up, and by now the trailer 
was swaying about four feet to either side. Now, I knew eventually what was going to happen was that trailer was going to sway so far out, it was going to flip. And it was going to take me and the truck with it. And all that scrap steel would come flying at me at around 70 miles per hour. I was quite sure in that moment that I was about to die. And I was scared. I was terrified. Now, back then, when I was afraid or angry, my language could get pretty rough. See, I joined the Marines after high school, and I learned ways to swear that most of you have never dreamed of. <laughs> and you don't want to. But for reasons I can't explain, the only thing that came out of my mouth at that moment was, help me, Jesus. The moment I did, I noticed that off to the side of the freeway right there, there's a grass hill that heads up to the street up above. And it flashed into my mind, if I could just get over there, maybe I'd still die, but I wouldn't take any of the other drivers around me with me. And so I cranked the wheel and headed for that hill. And when I did, a really strange thing happened. All the tires on the trailer popped. And that trailer became a five-ton anchor, which dragged me and the truck to a complete stop right on the side of the road, on the shoulder, parallel with the freeway, as though I had just pulled over to make a phone call. All in just a matter of seconds. To be honest with you, I don't think it was just the fact that I prayed, help me, Jesus, at that moment. I am certain it was the foundation of prayer and fasting built into this community since it began 31 years ago. You prayed for me and Cindy, for our kids, our business, our parents. You loved us and cared for us. You saved my life. Just like Daniel, loving, fasting, and praying, and caring for God's people in his day. Because at the end of the day, that's what prayer and fasting are. Acts of love. Acts of love for God, and acts of love for each other. But they're not easy. They require commitment and sacrifice. But aren't some things in life worth sacrificing for? Daniel believed they were. I think we do too. Right? If we could experience the Holy Spirit drawing us closer together, freeing people we love from addictions, healing those that we pray for, and filling more and more people with love for God and for each other, I bet at the end of it all, we would say, I'm glad I gave that a try. That sacrifice was worth it. The time I spent in prayer felt good. Skipping a few meals, passing up a little entertainment, it felt meaningful and it brought me closer to God. I believe that we would feel that way. Let's find out. Let's find out together. I'm going to invite the band back up. And as I do, will you stand with me? If you're on the prayer team, would you begin to make your way to the front? 
We usually end our services with three tips on how to put the message into action in our lives. Something to read, pray, and do. I'm going to do it a little differently today. We'll still have something to read, but the pray and do are going to be all wrapped into one. So tip number one, read Daniel chapter six. This is the story of Daniel in the lion's den. It's a really good story. And as you read it, let your imagination just wash over it. Let it take you wherever your mind decides to go. You can have fun with Bible stories. You can put yourself in them. You can contemplate all the characters, what you would do in their situation. It's okay to just kind of have fun with it. You can do that in this story in Daniel chapter 6. And tip number two, participate in next week's community prayer and fasting. We really want to see the Holy Spirit do something wonderful at our Holy Spirit Conference, October 7th through the 9th. So we're inviting everyone who can to join us in some way. Now, this is not an all-or-nothing thing, okay? We want to bless you, not torture you. That is not our plan. So take part in whatever way you think will work for you. No judgment at all. We're family. We are in this thing together. For prayer you'll find a prayer guide in the lobby today and next week in your program. Each day of the fasting and prayer has a specific prayer topic and a passage from the Bible to read. We'd like to invite you to join with us for the four days, reading the scripture and praying over the topic at least once or more often if you have time or it comes to mind. If you're not able to fast, you're certainly welcome to pray. We invite you to that. Now, when it comes to fasting, here's a couple of important points to consider. When the Bible refers to fasting, as I mentioned, it's all, it always refers to going without food for a particular period of time. But if you don't want to, or you can't skip meals because of medical reasons, scheduling, or any other reason at all, here are some things you might consider taking a break from. Please do not throw anything at me at this point. You might consider taking a break from social media. Okay. That might be a challenge. That might even be more difficult for some people than going without food. Or gaming, if you're a gamer. You might take a break from the news or other electronics, like TV, for example. For some people, these are greater sacrifices, right? These are harder to give up. The point is to set something aside that gives you pleasure or enjoyment for a period of time to focus on your relationship with God. The ultimate purpose of prayer and fasting is greater intimacy with God, the Father, Jesus, and His Holy Spirit. That's what it's really all about. Now, at this moment, you have a voice in your head or some thoughts going through your mind. Oh, you better do this. You better do this because you, you haven't measured up. You've been failing. You haven't been a good enough Christian. So you better get involved. Let me tell you, that is not God's Holy Spirit. And you feel free to ignore that voice. This is what God's Holy Spirit sounds more like. I love you. I want to invite you to give this a try. 
If it doesn't turn out the way you'd hoped it did, don't worry about it. You can try it again sometime. I'm just inviting you into a closer walk with me and I will continue to invite you for the rest of your life whether you score big points on this or not. That's what the Holy Spirit sounds like. Now, if you're planning to fast from food and you've never done it before, you shouldn't go more than 24 hours, okay? And a simpler way to do it is to not eat dinner one night and then the next day skip breakfast and lunch rather than going breakfast, lunch, and dinner in a single day. It's a little bit easier that way. It's, there's nothing wrong with doing it as easy as you can. It's tough enough, and we don't want to set you up to fail, okay? Or you might consider skipping the same meal each day. You don't eat lunch for the four days. Whatever works for you is okay, okay? Now, you might consider partnering with somebody for encouragement and prayer, checking in by text or email or phone call to see how each other's doing and offer support. For everyone, there are probably going to be times when your body screams, feed me, you know, or your brain is shouting, entertain me, stimulate me. In those times, try to calm yourself. Just relax and pray. Come Holy Spirit. And just listen. See what he does. We're going to continue to worship and the band will dismiss us shortly. I'd like to encourage you again, if you have any needs at all, please come forward for prayer. I'll be right outside the double doors. I'd love to meet you. God bless you and have a great week.